into the ground. We're back. Patreon edition. Another week. Another great guest. Andrew's back from the Wait, dead. It's <laughs> not Patreon, though. I think it might be. Depending on how we play this out this week, we had a true. We had a canceled, a rescheduled guest, I should say. So, uh, so yeah. If you're hearing this on the public feed, this is just a little taste of, uh, you know, what you'll get behind the paywall. Uh, quality, the quality goods and services. We oh, provide. so much, so many. We got dry goods. We got wet you know, goods. We got all. The I want to tell you, I'm basking in the glow of. Our most recent episode, which was a landmark, you the Jason know, episode. Yeah. To yeah. everybody, to everybody who found the podcast through that. Um. Hi. I What's wasn't. Up? I wasn't involved. So. <laughs> I mean, I have. I sort of have mixed feelings about like <laughs> I love it, but I'm also sort of like that episode hitting like our number one episode day one, and then has since like doubled and tripled. <laughs> I keep waiting to look and have it be over, over. Don't. Yeah, you know. Over anyway. another milestone number. Yeah. It's getting there, but uh, yeah, I mean, hey, shout out to everyone who shared it. Uh, shout out to to Jason for finally coming on. Shout out to uh, Dwid for being like super stoked about it existing. Uh, if if you if you would have told me that like. Dwid from Integrity would be like thanking us for, for talking <laughs> for our, about his for our journalism. Sure, whatever you need, uh, Dwid. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. So hopefully, Dwid will be coming on soon. I don't know how he wants to come on the pod. He said it would be an honor, which is uh, pretty funny. Strong, strong words. I, I know, I know. Can't and, imagine uh, we gotta, we gotta figure out how to make that work with the time difference of him living in Belgium. 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 That's a wild said. place to call home. It's probably you know, we could I'd love to ask him about it. Significantly better than where I call home. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh Germany's pretty good about, you know, supporting artists and uh probably the, the quality of life is, is a bit higher, I'm sure. No royal farms out there though. Mm. But uh yeah, so I guess we we catch everyone up to speed, Andrew. Why why did you miss that episode? <laughs> um I I've just moved into a house. Uh, we bought a house, so we moved into this house, and immediately everything went wrong. <laughs> Literally, immediately. If you've if you've ever seen the Money Pit, oh, I love that movie. It's a little bit about how I feel right now. Um, <laughs> the uh, we gave my kid a bath, and I, you know, was like, maybe I'll take a bath after. So I took a bath after, which I never do. Yeah, so that's what makes it even weirder. You, you but, left that part out of the story you told you told me. So yeah, because I'm sort it of sounds like I, you might have been asking for it. I'm apprehensive about telling people, but anyway. So long story short, <laughs> the uh, I come downstairs and and my wife's like, "Was the ceiling always like that?" And I'm like, "Bubbling and wet." No, the ceiling was not always like that. <laughs> Just picturing so, you with like a like a like a bubble bath, like suds yeah. on your head and and like yeah. a beard on your beard, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, a it was not a fun thing. Uh, so, so the, the, the tub cut a hole said, right? in the wall, you know, day three of being here. And then, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the people who flipped this, uh, lovely home didn't leave us enough room to get a washer and dryer down the stairs. So I had to like remove a stud. Oh my God. To be able to do that. 
which is cool because it's like I can just do that if I want. You know what I mean? It's not it's a your big house deal. now, right? You can cut all the holes in the walls you want. Yeah. Um. So that's cool, I guess. Um. I it took four five ever to get out of our old apartment, our old house. I mean, um, you, you never realize how much shit you have until you get. Oh, out. it was it's insane, and it was so funny too because it comes in waves. Anybody who's ever moved can tell you the quality goes down significantly the more trips you make. Like the first trips, that's your that's your platinum goods. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like your 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 pillows, your bed frames, stuff that you know, stuff you, you need can't to live without. You gotta you gotta be able to move your shit over there in case you gotta spend the night in right. the new place. Uh, you gotta be ready last, for that. By the last trip, I'm literally hauling. Um, a pool cue that I don't know why I own. Like I don't play pool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good for broken, taking inventory of the bullshit. Yeah, a uh, a broken um, croquet set. Wow, just a lot of absolute <laughs> bullshit. Did did a lot but, of it end up in the trash? Did you post to your your local buy nothing group? No, actually, so curb alert. I did. I loathe like when people put stuff out on their like stoop for free mm -hmm. i loathe it i think you know if by the third day i walk by in the same box the same shit is still there it's yeah. fucking trash homie get rid of it yeah, yeah um yeah. we uh we put a bed out like a mattress pretty yeah a mattress a bed frame Who the fuck's and taking a, a mattress uh, though and uh a uh box spring that you can take apart i don't know man i thought like there's probably some fucking Hopkins kid. Oh, probably not. Hopkins kids would be rich, I assume. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, used mattress is a little sketch. They're, they're I mean, so hard it to get rid was, of. It was in a mattress bag, so to me that made it a little bit more trustworthy. But I mean, that means it, it has bed bugs, generally. But so it was fun. I got to uh, use my lunch break coming over and ratchet strapping a... Uh, mattress to the roof of the car so I can nice. take it to the dump. That was really fun. Um, Surprisingly hard to get rid of a mattress also. I mean, luckily, from where my old house was, this one of the city dumps is like two miles away. So it's like pretty close. Yeah. Um, me, me and my friend for a time uh, did storage locker uh, auctions. Oh, yeah. Right. Storage. And you and your friend Brandy. <laughs> No, but uh, it yep. would be. <laughs> Can you get I'm... that for the soundboard, please? <laughs> Just the, the yup, yup from Just what's his the yup I forget guy. his name, but um, uh, Craig T. Nelson. Yes, it's Craig T. Nelson. His coach. <laughs> Here we go. Eventually. Oh, no, YouTube's doing Ooh. the thing where it makes the weird noises. That's um, weird. It, that must be it. a copyright protection. I don't know, maybe. If it knows Zoom is playing? Maybe, yeah, it's the only time it does it. Who knows, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was a weird time, but number one rule was never buy a locker with, uh, with a fucking mattress in it. Mm. But, yeah, the... Yeah, so you're in your... Are, are things, like, settled down at your place now? No, and I'll tell you why. Because um, <laughs> you, so yeah, you've we, kind of been a ghost. We, as of Monday, just got everything out. Mm -hmm. 
as of press time, this is now Thursday, so it's yeah. been a few days. But we just still have aisles of boxes from the past two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no time. Yeah, the the getting the stuff back out of boxes is 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 tough. It's I mean it's, I bring it's laundry to be fun, you in, know, and then we, it like I don't take the laundry out until I need to wear the clothes. Oh, sometimes yeah. you well, know, I'm, same deal with like stuff in boxes. I'm also I still really have stuff bad. in like drawers that came over when I moved here two and a half years ago, and it's just like stuff that I put in uh like those fabric cube because I have those big like expedite style mm-hmm. ikea yeah. shelves and you buy the little fabric drawers and i just moved everything over in those drawers it was so nice yeah but uh there's still some of those drawers that just has shit in there that i never like technically unpacked and then just put yeah, new stuff crazy. over top i had a i don't know what what's your oldest uh box of nonsense you've been moving with oh, god um it's tough to say when I moved to Jersey City originally, I, I did it in my fucking, like, BMW coupe. Uh-huh. So I really kind of moved here with, with, with sparse stuff. Um, I've since accumulated too much. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess stuff with the clothes, I guess, is technically, like, like jeans that haven't fit in, in a few years. And I'm, I'm usually pretty good about cleaning that stuff out. But if it's not I in have, my way, it'll just be there, you know? I have a, I have a tote. From about 2005, um, that has burned CDs in it. Oh, hell yeah. It's got, um, I don't just like Pez dispensers, random, <laughs> awful yeah, things. Total nonsense. There's a, there's a Ted Leo in the pharmacist poster that's like hanging out. Wow. Um, I didn't know you were a fan. I like Jersey City Zone. I like those first couple records the uh hearts of oak and uh uh what shake the sheep whatever the next one was yeah i don't know yeah new dawn was doodly 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 that's a great song yeah it's uh yeah i don't moving sucks it's the worst it's Uh, not fun but also you know i any night any night this week instead of like sitting on my on my picturesque porch I could mm-hmm. have uh, put things away, and instead I decided to like get high. Also, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've told you, you know, in our um, unscripted conversations, but I hit the uh, neighbor lottery, the neighbor jackpot. My neighbors are amazing. Okay. That's always a big concern. Um, when we first looked at the place, um, our neighbors keep chickens. Mm-hmm. And you know, we sort of looked around, and I was like, "This could really go either way." <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, we we met them. Um, they were wonderful. Uh, it is just a, an incredible couple to live next to. Are you are you getting free eggs? And we have gotten free eggs. Ooh, that is the dream. It's weird. Um, I'm like a I I am noticing more and more that i'm a, I'm sort of a picky eater you know i like what i like and, okay and i sort of don't go beyond that um and especially when things look non-standard to me i'm not an adventurous person i think um which is why i listen to the same bands i listened to in 1994 but <laughs> of course um 
when they gave us the eggs, which are delicious, but they're like all different sizes, different shades, different colors. There's no consistency. And I'm like, it really tested my abilities. Really? You're a weirdo like that? I am. I am more of a weirdo than I let on. Are you a duck egg fan? No, I don't. Duck eggs are good. I'm I'm I like. I like uh, my cheese to come from cows. Okay, as opposed to I like, goats. Yeah, goat. Okay, I I buffalo? love goat cheese. But um, buffalo mozzarella is fine. Okay. That's still like sort of in the same family though. Um, <laughs> yeah, any kind of like goat or sheep milk. That's I'm not interested in that. I'll fuck with feta a little bit, but only because okay. it's so heavily salted. True. True. Um, but like, yeah, cow milk only. Um, you know, chicken eggs, cow cheese, pork bacon, <laughs> and those eggs better be uh uniformly be, sized. Yeah, 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 and I I want somebody to stamp them Eggland's best. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, um, I, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's that's my that's my story. I mean, uh, does it feel like home yet, though? Um, yeah, it sort of. It felt like home before we moved in. It's a very it's a nice place. It's um it's not a very large house. Okay. But you know, it's like three levels. Like we use the basement as like the it's got a finished basement. So we use are you, the basement are you potting as, from the basement right now? I am, yeah, there's an office in the basement. Nice. Um which I'm I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to uh hang some guitars up and then i thought am i a hanging your guitar guy i mean it it exposes them to all sorts of humidity are you a are you a uh a fan of brian baker as i guess a person and a guitarist i don't i don't know who that is uh he was in minor threat um bad religion sure um anyway he uh, on instagram he does these like instagram post minute conversations about each guitar he has they're hanging on the wall and i sort of like generally loathe that kind of behavior but for some reason the way he does it i'm like yeah man i want to hear about that telly like i want to hear about you know makes sense i'm like maybe i could be a guitar guy you know all you can you can be whoever you want to be in your house now it's It's your house true nobody knows i uh Um, i I got a scene report Ooh, from the big homies of charlie bliss Oh right! Yeah, yeah. I went and uh, I hung with the uh, hung with the 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 homies at Market Hotel in Brooklyn. What a weird fucking place! It kind of is. Is it, I I think we looked it up, but it gave Party Expo vibes. But anytime I'm at any kind of venue that's under the J in some sort of way, I feel like um, I'm at Party Expo. Well, Party Expo was across the street. Then there we go. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Because it's got the weird grocery store on the corner. It's got all that yep. good stuff. Yeah, it's right above the Mr. Kiwi or Mr. Uh-huh. Oh, it's right across from Mr. Kiwi, I think. Which but... I used to that was my stop. Anytime I needed anything for dinner, I would I would pop right in there. The uh that's also where you like right near where you had your going away party, right? Yeah, at Birdies. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh Market Hotel, cool, cool spot though. Sure. With, with the, the, the fucking trains it. going by every 25 seconds. Yeah. But uh, Charlie it's Bliss cool. it sold feels... it out. Really? That's awesome. Do you know what the cap is on that spot? It's way more than you would think. What, 800? 750? 
No, it's four fifty. But I would have yeah. guessed like two fifty. Yeah, I would have too. It's a it's a pretty expansive space. The, but the bands they get there, I'm I'm pretty sure like fucked up played there. Um, yeah, they were getting some cool stuff. I remember like sorority noise was playing there. Like, peak. Did, is so- sorority noise canceled? Maybe. Hmm. Who can say these days? But, uh, but yeah, got to see them. So good to see. They're the nicest people on the planet. Um, Sorority noise? <laughs> I mean, they're also very nice. But uh, Charlie Bliss saw saw Big Spencer, and uh, he, he said after he was listening to, you know, we did our episode talking about Fountains of Wayne. He's like, I should have talked about Utopia Parkway. You know, it's he's been no. listening to Utopia Parkway nonstop. Huh. But... There's they fucking some, killed there's it. some hits on Utopia, but not as much as self-titled. Yeah, yeah. But they fucking rocked it. They uh they the venue sounded so good compared mm-hmm. like I I thought it was gonna sound like shit in that place, and it's it sounded good. Uh they sounded great. They put on a crazy good show. Uh played some new songs that are killer. Really, really good stuff. And then I was uh reunited with Eva and Sam's mom, who's also like the nicest person on the planet. Mm. So it was a good time all around. They gave me a shirt. Met Eva's boyfriend from Australia. He's here like for their tour, and they immediately put him in like tour managing duty. Oh, so he's mate. like sl- he's slinging merch and driving the van, mm. really paying his dues. I love it. But uh, yeah, they had a, a girl, Raffaella, play uh, open for them, and she was also killer. She had a very Italian New York dad, which is very funny. Mm. It was great. It was a good time. More more Italian sounding than Vito Polito. <laughs> Not quite. No. But uh yeah, we uh we took some pictures. We had fun. It was a good time. What a time. But yeah, I first time at Market Hotel. And apparently they don't really do guitar bands anymore. It's all like house music instead. So weird, weird vibe, but it was Do a blast. you get into any like electronic dance music or anything? What's the most electronic dance you go? Um, it depends. I mean, I have some songs that I like that aren't, but like in terms of like putting on a, an electronic album, mm-hmm. it might be hit or miss. Like, was it the Gigi D'Agostino, uh, the Moors to Moors, whatever that mm-hmm. song is? I'm not the song that's like the closing credit song of Uncut Gems is like an all time song for me. Never seen it. You've never seen Uncut Gems? No. Damn, it's really good. Um, I mean, obviously, like I like like the Prodigy, you know, Fat of the Land. Listen to that in like elementary school, <laughs> you know. But like, like current. Oh, cur- what? Who are? What are some current dance? I don't know. Bands? That's why I'm asking you. Well, no, I just mean like okay. That was that was a misleading question. That's not <laughs> what I was actually asking you. Okay. Um, I mean, I think I end at like LCD. I don't think I go much further than that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big LCD fan. Um, I'm not a big. Uh, who's the fucking band? Uh, with the helmets. Who's the fucking band? Who's oh, the fucking uh, band? Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Yeah, Ooh, like never really got into that. You know, they played at James Murphy's house. You wrote a song. About I, that's it. what I, I've heard. <laughs> I haven't heard their side of that story, but yeah. Um, um, but yeah, <laughs> I think I think Daft Punk's corny. I don't know it, your take on it. It's it's not for me. Uh, they had that one more time song that used to be on MTV with the, the animated music video all the time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I had Automatica. 
oh, loved them yeah. at the time. I guess that's yeah, I guess, true. I guess that counts. Again, not current, really. I don't know, huh. I, but I've always loved electronic music, just not necessarily electronic oh, dance chick, music. Chick, chick is probably the closest I get to like current electronic music. Yeah, I'm sure there's bands I'm forgetting, um, right. but I've always loved electronic music in the sense, but like when it's usually merged with guitar music, you know. Um, have you ever listened to I I I never got into electronic music when I was mm-hmm. younger, um, with the exception of like. I don't know if you remember the MTV Amp series. It was like an electronic music, early EDM, uh, sort of like night show. Anyway, they did comps, and I had a couple, and they were pretty good. But yeah, are you familiar with Atari Teenage Riot? I know of them. I think I put their song with Slayer on one of our mixes. Yeah, I got heavily into Atari Teenage Riot. Um, and I went, I went and saw them a bunch of times. Real weird, like really. How do they pull it off live? Um, DJ, it's so loud, mm-hmm. and they're so you know, I they put on just a really great show. I don't remember. I mean, I was like fifteen. Okay. Yeah, uh, there was um, like, do you remember? Do you remember that band Anna Managuchi? Um, the Polyvinyl Band. Were they on? I don't think they were on poly. They might have been on polyvinyl. I actually. think they were on polyvinyl. Yeah, I think which reminds after me, the time, Kira, Kira Bonito probably fits into this genre that I'm talking about, and I yeah, I love that. That makes sense. Uh, the Bug Snack song. Killer. I only remember the uh, the flamingo song. I think Anamanaguchi might have been on polyvinyl. Yeah, that's weird. But they were like an electronic band that somehow just made that s- stuff with guitars and like MIDI tripped uh you know like midi activated guitar stuff it's very strange uh always more curious about how they did it live than how it actually sounded yeah as i am with most music i think it's true it's true but uh yeah i'm trying to think what the uh i had other stuff oh yeah so um you listened to the jason episode though right yeah finally it <laughs> took you a while uh, do, do you do you have any questions you would have asked Jason if you were oh, there? Oh man, a ton. I feel really? like no, I I would never say you dropped the ball because you guys you guys covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that there were there were like really good opportunities to talk about, you know, um, I like to I like to try to uh get our guests to talk philosophically about (laughs) genre and i feel like there was a lot of opportunity to talk about hardcore then hardcore now Mm -hmm. um you know because i think i love integrity i love because i love how weird i shouldn't say weird how interesting their the arc of their discography is Mm -hmm. um I think they took a lot of different approaches because they always wanted to like grow as a band. Yeah. Um, and I think that they never made the same record twice, which I, you know, makes them a really amazing band, but I don't, I, I had a hard time thinking about other bands that did that outside of like cave in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But it was all, it was a lot of bands around 2000. And I think we touched on a little bit um, 
<clears throat> on that Lincoln Park episode with Shane, but talking about how sort of like people didn't know what to do in the year 2000. Like, mm-hmm. where do we go? We can yeah, we make yeah. the same kind of rock music or, you know, how does this work? Um, and I think integrity was one of those bands that like tried everything. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really enjoyed it. Listen I'm also an Integ 2000 fan. I don't know what <laughs> anything else is. Like I, like I mentioned on that episode, it's really hard to find that record. I haven't I haven't checked like Soul Seek, which is that's got everything. But Soul Seek, Soul Seek, rips. Try to find, it's so good. Did you try to find uh, Spend an Evening with Saddle Creek on Soul Seek? I I should have actually checked. I I I forgot. Uh, instead, I bought the, it. The Pirate on Bay. You gave you gave. Uh, rob nanzel your money i i mean i bought it used technically oh that's even better an excellent condition used copy for like 1065 or something i should have gone and called a couple local record stores and see if anybody Uh, had a used copy it's still available on on saddle creek's website yeah 1099 not a bad price but honestly like you gotta pay shipping though I want to know who took it down. I want to know if they asked to have it taken down, because that sucks. So, it said it was a copyright strike placed by the two directors. Oh, the directors. So, uh, yeah, we're talking this week. It's a it's a run-to-the-ground-ghost-of-the-movies episode. Uh, and we're talking Spend an Evening with Saddle Creek, which is a, a DVD we've been talking about covering uh, for a bit now. And uh of course it was it was on uh YouTube for probably at least the last 6 months we've been talking about it. Oh, I'm pretty sure when I looked up when it went up it was like 2017. Yeah. So it it had been up for f- over 5 years and by the time the weekend came that we were actually going to talk about it cuz we were going to talk about it 2 weeks ago but then we ended up doing the 420 episode with Steven. Uh, and then, yep, went to look at it over the weekend, and it was copyright strike taken down by the by the two directors. And uh, yep, had to buy that's it some, on on big Amazon. Dork, that's some dork shit. It's some dork shit. The like, the bonus the bonus uh, features are still on uh, on the it was it YouTube user bonus disc who we've talked about on this podcast before because yeah. they also have like. The old Chariot DVD and a lot of old DVDs and stuff that are hard to find. Uh, really, really cool. But I bought it. I I put I the first time I think I've ever watched a um like a DVD in my Xbox One X or whatever the fuck I have. Mm. And uh, you know, interesting doc. I don't know what to say besides. I learned a few things. I laughed. I cried. I don't know that I cried. Um, <laughs> I but I'm glad cry. you were able to express your emotion that way. Um, I, I, if, if I, I don't know. I, I feel like if I were any of the bands in this, there's some stuff I'd be like, eh, I wish that wasn't in there. Like what? Uh, oh god, that uh, slow down Virginia interview is so bad. The one with like the the girl with the bangs. Oh, that's funny. Ki- I watched the bonus ver- like the bonus feature uh-huh. of like the full interview where Tim's like, "We're from here." Oh, and she's like, ah, "That's Omaha. You don't know where you are," which is cute. That was fun. 
But uh, they're sitting there like, I'm Casey, and I'm the drum man. <laughs> like, and then at one point, they're like, hey, is there anything else you want to say? And the, the one guy grabs the mic and goes, hi, yellow butt sex. And I, she's uh, like, um, I, okay, goodbye. <laughs> like, I never saw that part. Uh, I mean, they were teenagers. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, but it's like, oh, this is this is the bonus feature I've been looking for. Uh, this... But yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting to see where it all began, more or less. Um, I've been think... trying to find a copy, even like on YouTube, of the original Connor Oberst uh, cassette tape. Mm, the, water? the water cassette. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny to hear Connor sing before he, like, hit puberty. Because it's a total, it's like a totally different voice. It's crazy. Yeah. Not that his voice is necessarily, like, spectacular in, like, a technical way anytime else, but it's like, his but voice literally full, sounds like it, every kid's voice. in like testosterone and pubic hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, it sounds like every kid's voice on like one of those like opening christmas presents christmas morning Uh-oh. home videos like it that's does. how his voice sounds and 64 yeah like that's literally the the inflection on his voice and uh <laughs> but yeah it's crazy that like he's been legitimately like an active singer songwriter since age 13 yeah uh i guess that's There's- the did the biggest you, takeaway. So, okay. Some of my, my notes also, like, I know you said to try to, like, no, break I, it down. I, I did watch it a second time, but only got to the part where they introduced Azure Ray. <laughs> so. So good. Um, um, so here's, here's, was my, is my first big thought about mm-hmm. this. About this documentary and, and sort of about the Creakers. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, as the Creakers. The Creakers on Lumberjack Records. It's an incredible story about how people can succeed if you just believe in it. Like, if you just back your friends hard enough. No, I mean, that's true. I don't know how else, like, you know, when I when I think about other scenes that I've seen, you know, uh, scenes I've seen... Yeah. Um, I think there was, you know, it was, uh, there were things that were on the verge. There were a lot of bands around um, the Gradwell House recording, mm-hmm. um, you know, Up, Up, Down, Down being sort of like the one at the center, but also, you know, Evan in the progress. Evan was also in Up, Up, Down, Down. Um, and up, there up, were a down, lot of, down. there were a lot of other bands involved in that that i think you know and um by surprise was to an extent yeah i mean uh um, man overboard another one yeah uh well not until later but yes yeah um, but that, i mean again like another band that like spurned its own scene essentially right. as well you know yeah yeah the williamstown new jersey scene who would have thought mm-hmm. actually i i mean there's the 1619 house that also sort of launched the early november that was that that weird like almost like a it was like in the woods right yes it's a house in the woods yeah i i was there with dads dads played there one night i don't 100%. remember who they were with uh who they played with but yeah it's literally it was like someone's dining room right yep in what 
what town was that in? Williamstown. Was it Williamstown? But yeah, yeah. It's, it literally looks like someone's lake house. Yeah. And it's like a trailer almost. No, it's a it's a rancher. Is it a rancher? I mean, yeah, yeah it's just like a single story. Yeah. But like you like play port. in the front picture window. Yeah. It's crazy that it existed window. for as long as it did. And hit that and it's set so far back from the road that you can't even really see. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's a cool and there's there's a lot of houses around the country that are the same thing. Oh yeah. And I think that like you know, uh I, the modern baseball guys all mm-hmm. lived together, you know, yeah. and there were a lot of bands that came out of that. Um, I mean, the the Philly basement scene itself, even just sure. like Temple, or and I you think know, that like Drexel. if you if you put any of those in documentary form, they're going to mm-hmm. be just as incredible as this. Um, the only thing that really set to me, at least, the only thing that really sets the Saddle Creek situation apart mm-hmm. is that it's a lot of bands that sound different. Like not those bands didn't necessarily draw mm-hmm. um inspiration from each other stylistically. Yeah, it was just kind of a thing where they were all just people making music yeah. and the only way to play music was to play together. Right. Like to put a show together was just like the bands that existed in the immediate area. So the whole thing starts with Literally, the DVD starts with uh, Lullaby for the Working Class. Well, actually, the DVD starts with a lot of B-roll footage of trains. Yeah. And which is also to very a, funny. To a Lullaby for the Working Class song. Yeah. Yeah. But they that was p- technically pre-Saddle Creek, pre-Lumberjack Records, right? But that was like right. the band that everyone was like... Uh, with like the band that launched a thousand bands kind of right. deal. So, yeah. it's, so it was Mike Mogus. And every scene has that a little bit. With, Ted Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted took interest in Connor's songwriting um, and had him come play. So at the, at the, the open mic coffee shop, right? So Kilgore's. Kilgore's. Um, Alex McManus played that show. That's these things. I've seen this documentary. Probably a hundred times. Yeah, mind you, I watched it for the first time twice in the last couple of days. Andrew has is 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 recounting this from memory. Yeah, because I haven't <laughs> because seen, seen it so many times. It. Yeah, I probably haven't seen it in six months. But for a long time, this was like I. This is what I would watch when I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed now. It was mm-hmm. like this or the Low documentary, which is also very good. This was this was your The Office. Yeah, this is oh, your, your yeah, comfort this watch. Yeah, this and those uh, Pitchfork classic albums videos. Ooh, there. That's good. my shit. Yeah. Um, and now it's now it's people breaking down gold jewelry and and watch repair videos. <laughs> uh, I've actually recently been into this. Is so dude. I don't even want to tell you, but um, smoking brisket and meat. I never fucking <laughs> thought I would be one of these people. I hate myself for it. I don't. I don't fucking feel good about. I'm gonna feel real good about it when I'm when I'm eating like the best smoked pulled pork of my life. But I'll, I'll come down for some some I barbecue fucking, pit. I hate. I fucking make a barbecue hate. pit in your backyard. Make some Maryland no, I have a, Maryland I have a smoker. Uh, ribs. Right. Someone like gave a me a smoker. Maryland barbecue. Yeah, Maryland barbecue. Somebody gave me a smoker. I used to get the the Maryland barbecue flavored ice cream at Little Babies. What are you talking about? There, Maryland barbecue is like a thing, apparently. It's its like, own style of like barbecue. Like pit beef? 
I guess. I don't know. But I remember going to Little Baby's Ice Cream. Uh-huh. R.I.P. Uh, and they would have all the weird flavored ice creams. And one of them was like Maryland barbecue ribs or something. I'd get that in a, a Club Mate. The dream. Maryland barbecue versus other barbecue styles. See? It's a, it's oh, a, yeah. It's it's all about pit beef. Yeah, it's a red it's a red sauce barbecue as well. Mm, love that gold sauce. sauce. Um anyway. Um <laughs> So moves into Connor Oberst solo as a child. Wild. Him um, with this dor- dorky ass wireframe glasses. Mm-hmm. And his hair comes straight down. Yep. Just singing uh, about whatever the fuck he was singing about. Singing about whatever. Um, I literally made a thing. Uh, well, number one, I had because Connor is. I remember you prefaced this with like Connor's super weird and kind of like sits in a in a chair covered in like a shawl. Here's here's the fucked up thing about he, this whole thing. And he's he's wearing he's wearing like the cranberry American Apparel zip up hoodie. Yeah, and smoking a cigarette that made me nervous because the ash was so long. The ash was so long. <laughs> um, <laughs> So every single video is like one interview take, right? Like okay. every single every single time you see Tim Casher, he's like sitting at that table. Yeah. Um every time you see Ted Stevens, he's sitting like in the like vestibule of that house. Or yeah, whatever. with like the strip mall in the window out behind him. Uh every time you see Connor, he's sitting there with like a with like a a, a crocheted blankie on him. There's um, there there is another there's some uh, bad ones though. Well, there there's What's some other name? uh Connor Roberts interviews though where he's sitting next to like a PA speaker with like a horn driver on top. Oh that's man, later in the that's that's like when he's talking about like recording like lifted. Oh, okay. So oh, right. he gets so, a little more screen time, but he is kind of the the darling of the doc a little bit. Yeah, I can tell you some of the some they did they did Clint from Cursive Dirty. Mm-hmm. He's sitting on that couch so far back, he looks like a fucking sausage. Who would do that to him? <laughs> yeah, even, he's, uh, he's too lounged out, even, you know? Even Mike Mogus is sort of not the best angle. No. I mean, it's all... It's like... it's like Very knee, DIY. It's knee-height sitting <laughs> at a fucking couch. Um, Rob... Rob Nansel and, uh, and one of the unimportant... Uh, Oberst brothers are there because mm-hmm. there's Jim, three Jim Oberst. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> there's the there's the three of them, right? There's the one who was involved in Saddle Creek that was like, mm, I don't want to do this. Yeah. There's Connor, who's the successful one, and mm-hmm. then there's the other one with like Brillo hair, who's like the one who's dead. <laughs> Wait, is it Matt please? Oberst dead? The dude who was in Sorry, uh, Sorry about Dresden. I think so. Oh, see now I feel bad. Yeah, one of the Oberst is definitely dead because apparently Connor said that he drank himself to death and then regretted that he said that about his brother. Oh, oops. Uh, yeah, Matt Oberst. He was in Sorry About Dresden. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, yep. Matt. Yeah, I he apologize. died in like 2016, I think. Jeez, not of COVID, thank goodness. <laughs> no, he may. Um, he would have loved COVID though. So. So then it goes, they talk about slowdown, they talk about Commander Venus, which mm-hmm. is how they bring 
uh, Tim Casher into the conversation, which I it's weird too because they don't cover much of cursive before Domestica, really. Oh, there's really not much to cover. What uh, there's like four albums, <laughs> three albums, <laughs> but they said nothing really hit until they did Domestica. True, you know, um, but they do an awful lot of talking about lullaby for the working class who i'm not even sure had yeah. a release they had two i think Did but they t- i i really love no uh, i meant on saddle creek did oh, they have yeah, a release yeah. on saddle creek i don't think so so that's probably why they weren't talking about it hmm. but uh yeah slow down virginia was a big catalyst band and then commander venus was the other one is that tim and that was Tim and Connor, right? Connor, yeah. It's super wacky to think that Tim was like 21 hanging out with like a 15-year-old. Yeah. But also, like, I remember going to shows with like a very young, uh, like, you know, real young kid. I mean, I, rem- I mean, you're going to tell me you've never been over 20 at a show that high school kids are going to? No, that's true. I mean, I was actually just thinking about that in my old band uh, that we've talked about on this podcast before. Yeah, you had remember that was 12 when you The were guitarist 30. was 16, I think. Uh, the one whose dad I almost fought. <laughs> but Because he was closer uh, and, to your age. And I think I was 20 at the time, probably. 19, 20. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I guess I get it. It's when there's like a scene. It's always it's like Connor is also like very much like my older brothers are into cool shit, and I just happen to be excessively talented. Yeah, like exceedingly. But like, if talented. his if his older brothers weren't into this shit, though, like he may never have pursued it. You know, right. which is pretty wild to think. So, but there, there's a really good line I, I actually set aside about Lullaby, uh, and I forget who says it. It might be Mike Mogus. I don't know, but um, says. Better that Bright Eyes succeeded and Cursive then reformed than says. Yeah, then, better better Bright Eyes succe- succeeded and Cursive reformed than Lullaby making another pissed off record. Yeah, and that that really spoke to yeah, me. Yeah, Ted Stevens says it, and then and then Mogus goes, "You know, we never broke up. Uh, <laughs> you know, we could play another show." And then he says it really weird. We probably never will. Oh, yeah, he does say that. It's well. a very strange inflection. Um, what a weird guy. So so that's when they start talking. Uh, I guess, who goes to who goes to Lincoln to, to college? Ted Stevens goes. And they, they name all those people mm-hmm. whose names I never fucking remember. Um, yeah, you're way better at how, names than I am when it comes to this shit. And that's how... Um, Mike got involved with recording mm-hmm. the Bright Eyes stuff. Just because, well, they, they said that, like, just everyone was around. So everyone right. just, like, played on each other's records, which is it, incredible. Know what this reminds me of? And I would actually love to see a documentary on it. What's the that? early 2000s Long Island scene. I don't know enough about it, but I Very I similar. Uh, like, Take Mech Sunday, Glass Draw, Brand New, Crime and Stereo, Matchbook Romance. Like, all that stuff at the same time. And what's really fascinating to me at that time was the lore behind it, obviously, but the, there was, like, a Long Island writer's pool where everyone would, like, get together and write lyrics together. 
and that's why there is lyrical crossover and like like similar lines on the brand new first record uh the first taking back sunday record and the first matchbook romance lp all have crossover in terms of like lyrical content or like shared lines and things like that and uh i don't know i think that's pretty fucking cool and it seems like similar thing it's like everyone was around everyone was like doing stuff for the scene quote unquote uh but that's that's right like a ton of the people like all like pitched in on connor's records you know but to think that like letting off the happiness was made like in his parents basement as was did they say so i I feel like i i've never gotten clarity on this did Mm -hmm. they suggest that they made um fevers uh, fevers and mirrors in his parents basement too i think he he probably demoed it and maybe a couple of the the simple songs on there because that was the whole thing mike was just like hey well, if you do some of that here, you know, would you want to try some of this stuff on an eight track instead of a four track? Right. And I think tracks. that was kind of, so I'm sure there, there might be stuff that was from those similar <clears throat> sessions and then, you know, did more expansive stuff with, with Mike just to, to layer it out a bit. And they also worked with Andy, uh, whatever his last name is from now it's overhead who you'll mm-hmm. meet later. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, cra- crazy to think that, yeah, because Letting Off the Happiness, Connor was 17, 18. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and that's a record I never visited until maybe in the last five or six years. Mm. Maybe maybe a little more, but I, you know, I kind of got in in Fevers and Mirrors and Lifted mm. and then, like, went back to Letting Off the Happiness and it, like, blew me away. Yeah, Letting Off the Happiness is good. I, I like the kind of drum machine stuff he does on it too. Like there's some some electronical sequencing kind of on it. Mm-hmm. It might be my favorite dance record actually. <laughs> Touch. <laughs> Touch is a great song on that. Um yeah. So around this time they're also starting to talk about The Faint. The Faint, yeah. They're the next band um, on the list or or should we say Norman Baylor? Norman Baylor, which is a, such a dumb name. Is it a Norman Mailer reference? Right, yeah. Is it mixed with, like, Norman Bates? I guess it could be. I don't know. But uh, they actually say, like, yeah, that name actually didn't mean anything to us, and it was yeah. really stupid, so we changed it. The, um... <laughs> but also, Connor being in the band for that, hilarious. And I, I a... love the part where they're like, yeah, Connor got mad and quit the band. And, and then, then we, we were all him... really happy about it, and then yeah. he showed up to band practice again, and we're like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, you quit. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he apparently like still says that they kicked him out. <laughs> Wild. I mean, come on. Can you imagine um, Connor Oberst making Blank Wave Arcade? No, Just your, your friend's little brother constantly showing up and, and being annoying. Uh, um, there's a part where they're talking about the faint and Ted Stevens listens to it for the first time and says, is it all so apocalyptic? Yeah. That That's was great. that was when they were talking about Dance Macabre, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's a weird, regardless, The Fade's a weird band to have in that mix. Absolutely. I think they've um, always kind of been the standout in terms of 
Like the Faints, more like a DC band than I would <laughs> kind imagine. Kind of actually, yeah. They're they're kind of like the Rise. You remember the Rise? However, I think that if if the Faint would have been in any other major city, mm-hmm. um, I think that they wouldn't have made the kind of music they made so confidently. I agree. I think um, I think Blank I think Wave Arcade else, is probably a good example of that. Yeah, I think if I saw them a lot on that tour. Okay. I think that. I don't think I've ever seen them. Oh man, early on they played with like they always had a dude who like controlled all the light boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they all had light boxes that were connected to power strips. This Hell dude yeah. would turn on and off. I love it. Um, but it was a, you know a compelling show. Um, I remember there was a making time, not New Year's Eve, but there was a making time in Philly that the Faint played, and somebody climbed up a speaker like side speaker thing and mm-hmm. just pulled it over wild <laughs> um i mean just such a band you know if you had that band i guess new york is the only other thing i could think of if you had that band in that scene mm-hmm. in philadelphia you know maybe even in new york but you know in most other cities they would get shamed out of being so yeah, I don't know. Like, I could feel, I could see the faint playing a show with like Interpol. Sure, I feel like I there's crossover can't... there, especially once Depose joins the crew. Have you listened to media much? Never. Um, there's there's a handful of really great songs. Okay. Um, there's I've one that been immediately Blank Wave and and Dance Macabre. They were the two if big you, ones for me. If you listen to media. I think the first few songs are really, really great, and then kind of like you know. Yeah, I love that they 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 describe it as they wanted to make a mixtape where everything was kind of different it, song to song, and they're and like, all, yeah, we it, end up just making a bad mixtape. Yeah, and it's <laughs> the songs that are good are great. The songs that aren't aren't. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Blank Wave Arcade was huge for me. I remember buying it at Space Boy. Maybe not Space Boy. Maybe. Corrupted image in Philly, but man, what a wild! Like I, you know, it, it was it was one of those records where I had no frame of reference for mm. it for yeah. Blank Wave because I got media after. Um, but it, seeing them live was incredible. There was That's such the a thing. The, the live footage band. of them playing some of the stuff so is so good. so good. It translates so well live. And I specifically remember. Todd Beckley wearing, always wearing scarves. The big, Todd, like, chunky, Todd Fink. Todd Beckley. Todd Fink. Is that what he goes by? He took his wife's last name when they got married. Oh, how exotic. Um, <laughs> okay, so Todd Beckley, um, I'll refer wow. to him only by his dead You're name. Dead naming um, him, wow. But uh, he, uh, wait, did he marry Arinda Fink? From Azure Ray, yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty That's wild. wild. Right? I Good for him. She's a cutie. Yeah. Of 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 the two of them. Mm-hmm. The uh Yeah, I love um I love that a third of the songs on Black Lady of Arcade are have the word sex in the title <laughs> in some way. Homeboy's horned up. What are you gonna do? It, it, it's horny music for sure. Did you say black wave arcade? Blank wave arcade. Uh, are you a little stuffy? Oh yeah, it's been it's been rough. I'm I'm on a 
I'm on a, an allergy pill and I'm um, hitting the nasal next in the morning. So it's tough. It's I been brutal. I, dude, I walked through the park near my house the other day and like a gust of wind came through um, and I just, a yellow cloud just rose oh, from the trees yeah. every, and just blew directly into my eyes. Every single day I go outside and my car is covered mm-hmm. in yellow. It's, yeah. I feel like it gets worse. Anyway, it's, it's worse near my parents' house. If I like go to sleep with the window open, I'll like, there'll be just yellow film on my nightstand. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, my, my, my red car turns orange. It's, it's nuts. So, Cursive's probably next? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about Depose for a second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I went and listened to... Well, I listened to probably three quarters of that Lullaby for the Working Class record you told me to listen to while walking around. Uh-huh. I'm not feeling it. It's not walking no. around music for me. It's too slow. Um, but then I put on... Was it Wet at Birth? Wet from birth. Wet from birth. The because I was like, oh, I want to hear this d- quote unquote death metal guitarist and vocalist really shred on this faint record. And uh, yeah, not 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 a shred of shredding to be seen. Hmm. Um, but I love that he he goes by the name Depose, and it's not even like a real word. <laughs> um, I literally like Googled it, and it just came up with the faint. Like, there's no other connection. Uh, but actually, the next is Kurt, is is Connor Oberst again in in the Bright Eyes era. Oh, okay. Because so they so- talk about they talk about letting off a happiness, and then they talk about just how crazy Fevers and Mirrors got. Yeah. And I love I love the footage of them putting together the Fevers and Mirrors records. Yeah. And they're like, we we shine. This one has yet to be polished. Yeah, yeah. We polish every <laughs> Fevers and Mirrors record mirror because we want. It to be the most mirrored of all the records. This one is yet to be polished, and it's like it's like it's a scratch and dent copy. So good, but uh, I mean, Fevers and Mirrors, incredible artwork for that yeah. record, like classic, completely. There you know, were like, a couple versions of that artwork too. If I oh yeah, they, they I definitely like owned the cheaper non die cut version. Well, there of that was. Record. I'm pretty sure there was also a version that had Honor in the mirror. Oh, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I'm sure it's on Discogs somewhere. Maybe. I, I could be making... That could, actually could have been a poster. But that also crazy that that record came out when he was 20 years old. <sighs> and, I mean, listening to that record, it's so weird. It's, like, yeah. surreal. Like, it feels like you have a fever. Yeah, it is. Because there's a, those a weird, dream. like, interviews he does. Yeah. Where With- it's just him kind of speaking in circles and, like, contradicting himself and... Well, it's there's like a the, fake radio interview. Yeah, the fake radio interview is um, is what's his name from the faint. Oh, is it really? It's, it's him Todd. doing like it's his version of like a rap skit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I uh, there was a girl that I think we had mutual crushes on who had painted you and I. And, no. Oh. She and I. Um, oh, you were mutual crushing on each other. Right, and she okay. had painted me, had taken a light bulb and painted the light bulb with the lyrics to Arianette. A light bulb? Yeah. That's like a... There's no way to display that easily. No. <laughs> or or transport it. No. You just it plug great. it into a lamp you never turn on and doesn't have a shade. It was great. Um, I mean, that's kind of cool. 
she she took it back anyway um <laughs> it's for the best but it i would never it would have never uh survived the move uh i think <laughs> it never would have survived the past eight moves um <laughs> i think um fevers and mirrors might be one of my favorite records to to smoke a blunt and just bliss out to he didn't put any of it on the 420 playlist no i didn't i wasn't I wasn't too strong in my convictions with the choices I made. <laughs> Mostly because Steven was just like, hold on, let me help you with this, and posted 20 songs or something. Yeah, Steven was really on top of things. Uh, I, I mostly stuck with songs that had weed in the title. Yeah. Uh, and then you you stuck with songs that you actually enjoyed smoking weed to. So we all had our some own little them. takes on I it. Did, I, did, uh, I did some of each. Anyway, um, so... Then we start talking about cursive. Well, I wanted to talk about oh. real quick because they did also get into a bit of of lifted, which you don't like as a Bright Eyes record, correct? Mm-mm. Ooh, see, I love lifted's kind of where I came in. Like, I think the first Bright Eyes song I may have I heard. I think lifted was until later. No, he's talking about it on this record. At least, like the I, I don't think they talk about the release, but they talk about the recording of it, right? Um, because when did that come out? Two thousand three. Yeah, for some reason, I thought they talked about that towards the end. But mm, I don't know. But they they talk about because just like he was recording with like a drum core, a which drum is such core. a cool idea. Yeah, it is. Um, and Mike was talking about how he'd never recorded that many drums doing like the same thing yeah. at the same time. But I mean, I, that's I like. I think the first Bright Eyes song I ever heard was like "Lover." I don't have to love. So, yeah. um, which is that, weird. Which is weird and doesn't fit on that record at all. I mean, I would say it fits more than "Bowl of Oranges." No, but those back to back is like ubiquitous. It's it's perfect. But because isn't like Loren Laurent on there too, and like Waste of Paint and Lua, like that that record's so fucking stacked. It's crazy. Road to Joy. Road to Joy's on Wide Awake. What's the last song on Lifted? Uh, Let's Not Shit Ourselves, which is also oh, an all timer. Right, right, right. Yeah. I love that song. It takes me a little bit. I if I think about it conceptually right now, I would call it corny. But in the moment when I'm listening to it, I really yeah. love it. Also, I realize that Lua is on Wide Awake yeah, as Lua well. Wide but, awake, yeah. but let's not shit ourselves is is really the here we go. Can I get a goddamn tippity roll? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now can um, we talk about cursive? For now we can talk about cursive. Okay, so um, the video um, of cursive playing at the church. Iconic. Yeah. There's also um when he there's no more like Tim, I think, as an interviewee mm-hmm. lets you in more than most other people do. Okay. He's like more uh narcissistic than I think most people are. I mean, to make the records he's made, you that makes sense. You know he talks about moving to Portland and he's like, I'll just go and start a band because I'm Tim yeah. fucking Casher. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then he's like immediately like was it like four months later he moves back it's like it's hard yeah. guys let's so, get the band back together so poor clint is in an uncomfortable actually he looks very comfortable maybe too comfortable, too comfortable he's also thing. wearing yeah, he's not, a jersey he's not engaged at all i do have to go back speaking of of, of outfits nothing yeah. is better than connor's sweater as like a child, he has a oh, sweater with a skull bad on to it, the bone or cold and it to says the on the back, "Chilled to the bone." It's so good. But um, 
Yeah, Tim Ca- Tim Casher is I just love so much of what he like his decisions. He just refers to as being bored. Hmm. He's like, Yeah, I was just like bored with cursive and it wasn't really doing much, so I moved to Portland and I just started another band, but then that's actually not easy, so I just moved back and got the band back together again. Right. <laughs> and everyone else is just like, We haven't had time to even think about doing anything else. So well, yeah, let's there fucking was get also- back together. They don't talk at all about the member of Cursive that left at that point. Oh, who's that? Which I forget what his name is, but he moved to North Carolina and started the White Octave. Okay. Which I don't know if you've ever listened to the White Octave. I know you've talked about them a bunch. Yeah. Um, the Wasn't White Octave. Sorry about Dresden also from that area? No, sorry about Dresden. Connor's brother. I know, but I think he died in, like, North Carolina. Ooh, easy. Easy on the D word, bro. <laughs> um, okay, so... There's a lot, because they... What do they talk most about? I feel like the thing they talk most about is just getting a cello player, getting Greta. Yeah, so they, they talk about play, like you know playing a bunch and rocking out there's there's some really good footage of tim doing a guitar spin very mm. slowly um and then they talk about him moving and then him coming back and then them writing domestica and then that getting more attention than they had expected mm-hmm. and then getting a cello player and everyone's like it, it kind of it actually reminded me of our episode we did on the patreon uh, talking about um, the ugly organ, because everyone else also seemed as apprehensive as you were about that record. Hmm. And I was like, I'm like, is this why Andrew is a little kind of tainted on that record? Is because he saw the bands also not being really convinced by it either? No, I don't, I don't know. No, because they're I like, like, oh, it, no, it, it hold flipped on. my this whole is, perspective of maybe what this is, indie music could be. I don't dislike the cello. I I think that I think that the ugly organ's not that compelling of a record. <laughs> I I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah. have you listened to the Burst and Bloom EP? Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, the Burst and Bloom EP was the first thing that had the cello on it, and it's okay. incredible. Isn't Burst and Bloom the Wonder Years EPs as well? Is it? I hope not. I think so. Oh man, now we gotta do we're doing so much research this episode. Hmm. Uh the ones that Mitchell had shot. Oh, hold on, we're looking, we're looking. Uh wow. Uh burst and decay, sorry. The oh, opposite right. of blooming. Um some some wonder years uh discourse on the internet this weekend. Oh, what happened? Um lot of blowback. I've I've really loved Twitter recently. Okay. Because there's an awful lot of blowback, and you can pretty much tell now if somebody has a blue check mark on Twitter that like I don't Generally, I'm not going to care about whatever they have yeah, to say. Yeah, it's very funny how that worked out. Um, but some some punker called the Wonder Years out for having a gold check and pointed out that like those are like a thousand dollars a month, <laughs> and what? it was like it was like your favorite punk band, everybody with the gold oh, check. I think I did see that. 
And like, and then didn't Nick or something Nick, respond? Yeah, it was Nick just like, said something, and then I was me. just like, oh, I shouldn't. Have we said don't know anything. why we have this. Yeah, um, which is fine. It's you know the whole thing's just the whole thing is just silly, right? It's very silly because now it's like reverse clout chasing. There was a point <laughs> where, at one point, I was like, oh, we can pay for a blue check for the. For the run into the ground Twitter, and that yeah, we were funny. gonna do it as like a Cause, joke because we had like sixty followers or something. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this, this would be funny. Um, and now I'm like, this would not have been funny. No, nope, no, nope. it got changed um, around real quick. And now, uh, anybody, and I love the people who are complaining that are like, it's crazy that people will buy a coffee with your name on it, but won't spend the money to authorize who they are on the internet. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And it's become like a free speech issue now to some yeah. people. It's like, wow. This there is so is, stupid. There's a very small part of me. I've seen a lot of people recently, especially on Facebook, who have mm-hmm. gotten their accounts cloned. Oh, interesting. Um, Instagram also. Um, but I feel like Facebook, for some reason, maybe it's because I use it less that it bothers me more. Okay. Because of the people that would be uh, associated with it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, who mm-hmm. are the people that I know that I that I you know use it to keep up with on you know Facebook? Are the people yeah. who like don't have Instagram, and that makes them a certain level of lame or parent age? You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want any of my like family members to get get got because of uh you know falling for some. Anyway, <laughs> are, you, are, I think are they you, on Twitter enough to able, fall for it? I think you should be able to get a. I think you should be able to verify who you are. Well, that that's what I had to do for Instagram, which is also very funny because it then immediately switched to a paid platform. Did it? But in Instagram to get my verification on Instagram, I had to like submit uh, not only like my photo, my driver's license, and change my profile photo to one that displayed my face because for the longest time it was the picture of me with my camera in front of my face sure uh but i had to submit like fucking uh like news articles like articles and features and like i i like had a youtube interview that i like sent in that was on tv at some point uh and you had to certify like through all that stuff Interesting. And I found out like next month now to like keep it, I gotta pay, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. So it's like, of course, like after years of trying to get verified, and then like this last book push, uh, like really got some momentum and it it finally went through just in time to start paying for That's it. That's wild. I mean, I'll probably still pay for it. It's just a tax write off, but it's just, but it also doesn't have the stigma like fucking Instagram does now, where it's just full yeah. of dorks. Um, so cursive cursive they talk a lot about greta and they talk a lot about that uh i think she only lasted that one record right i think so i don't know if she was on was it mama i'm swollen is that the one that came after no happy hollow came after that i never listened to happy hollow um i don't know if you saw the hard times which is really leaning heavy on like the albums ranked recently okay come on guys um, but they did a, they did a uh, what's it called? Uh, cursive albums ranked. Okay, and agreed with me that Happy Hollow is the best cursive record. Interesting. Yeah, I felt pretty uh, vindicated. 
Um, the yeah, it's uh, yeah. They talk about wanting to like really change things up with, mm-hmm. and yeah, like the band members besides Tim didn't even seem convinced about uh, Ugly Organ as well. But you know, Tim's a he's a visionary, you know. Yeah, or you know. I think there's something to be said if you if you already have a record that gives you the like level of cred you need, mm-hmm. then just do whatever you want. Um, I think that's the whole thing. It's like we already did it. We don't need to do it again. So let's right. do something different. You know, right? Um, the Good Life. Do you like The Good Life? I've only listened to Album of the Year. Okay, which is there's a a crushing there, record. There's an there's an interesting sort of turn in the DVD where they start to like where the whole thing like is on the, on the verge of falling apart mm-hmm. uh, where they start talking about how um, Rob had passed on the first good life record. Oh, okay. Um, and was like, Oh, so like, you know, are we not putting out everybody's record anymore? What's going on here? Um, which if you've, if you've never heard Novena on a nocturne, it's very, very good. I haven't. Um, that's good. I think I think Blackout's good. Um, I mean that that is the funny thing though, is like where do you draw that line when it comes to like when you have a record label that you're just putting out all your friends' records, like and then the record label gets the notoriety, let's say, that Saddle Creek does. Like when do you start saying no? I don't know. I mean I think like, you to, have to legacy. say no to I like mean, your look, friends just random projects. You know what I mean? Have you ever listened to Mayday? No. So Mayday is Ted Stevens from Lullaby and Cursive mm-hmm. doing like an I don't think it's a solo record, but it's sort of like Lullaby. Um it it's pretty good, but it's like um it shocks me that Saddle Creek put that out. Um and I think that like that's that's one of those things where, like, you know, if you have legacy artists, they'll put out anything that Connor does, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the, uh, I mean, speaking of which, from Cursive, uh, it, it starts moving into the the bands that get a lot less attention. <laughs> right. Which is uh, weird. Which, they really just start with those. That's it. I the think whole they're thing, the big, the big like three. half of it is yeah, cursive, the good life. Um, uh, I think they don't even talk about the good life that much at all. Like I didn't even take any notes on the good life. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess you're right. Because I was just like a Tim thing that he's like, yeah, these songs just don't fit what I'm doing with cursive now. I mean, they're a whole, they're a full band though. Oh, I know. And I around they... that time. They were insanely fun to see live. Really? Well, was yeah. Tim Cotter was, was just like drunk? A, it was a yeah, it was a party. Yeah. Um. Everybody in that band was fun to be around. Um. I I feel like I saw it at like the Kyber or some insane oh, wow. place. Um. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the the auxiliary bands that they kind of shoehorn in, uh, is there any that really? Kind of, I have the list here. So, like yeah, Azure Ray, what are your what are your thoughts on Azure Ray? I love. Um, let's see. I um, get in at. Um, 
What's that record? I get out before the one that everybody talks about. The self-titled? So, yeah. So, the self-titled and Burn and Shiver. Burn and Shiver is probably my favorite of the Azure Ray records. They have Hold a lot on, of records. Is- huh? They have a- oh, no, never mind. I'm looking at their, their Spotify now, and they have a lot of singles. Like, recent yeah, singles. a lot of singles. So, you like Burn and Shiver? Burn and Shiver is so good. Interesting. Yeah, put on Favorite Cities. It's a great song. There's or put on seven. Put on what? Better yet, put on seven days. Because this love, makes me. You think love of, so much like low tempo stuff. Yeah. When uh. You need that speed, baby. When Arinda's like, come listen to the song I wrote. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the, the was it the, the dude in the band is like, oh, we bonded because we wore those socks with the the individual toes on them. Not like, in a, he's this. not an Azure Ray. Is he just the recording guy? Yeah, he's a recording guy, and um, so Arinda and um, and uh, what's the other girl's name? Uh-huh. Arinda Fink and. I don't know, but they're also in now. Maria it's Taylor. Maria Taylor. Um, yeah, they're also in now. It's overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. I think they had that one record. Um, yeah, see, um, now it's overhead. Got like half a second of features. <laughs> I mean, they really only had that one record. I think. Um. What about Desperados? Yeah, Des Desaparecidas is is you know I, I fucking love Desaparecidas. Sure, they're, they're great. Um, I just don't they they just don't fit any of like the narrative <laughs> of this whole thing. I mean, they're definitely on one of the polar ends of the spectrum, similar to like the Faint is. You know, right. they're they're an outlier, but they're the people involved doing something different, you know? Who else do they talk about on here? I just had it up. I'm, I'm going through the list, so don't Azure worry. Ray, but- Bright Eyes, Cursive, Death's Parachutas, The Faint, Good Life, May Day. I was, I was going to get to it, don't worry. That's Ted Stevens. But, so you're not a big Death's Parachutas fan? No, I am. I like it. Uh, did you see them on the original tour with Jimmy World? No. Okay. Do you remember um, when they came out? I saw they did um they played a headlining show in Vineland, New Jersey. Wow. At, that at I went where? To. Hangar 84? That that didn't yeah, exist Club, back then, right? I think it was called Club X's. Okay. Or Eugene's, I don't know, one of those fucking filthy places. Yeah. Um yeah, they were good. Connor wouldn't smoke weed with us. Uh yeah, I I mean I saw them on the the second album album tour. Were you a were you a fan of that record? Was I it Payola? Payola, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's shockingly good for what it is. I just After, don't like, go back to it very every once in a while. Like I haven't I haven't gone back the to the left in a while is either. right will come on and that's, I'll listen like, to the whole record. But yeah, that's that song not not too great. I just don't. I think Connor nailed it once. 
that with first the record is, shit? is unreal but it's good I, I, but i mean like the, the first record's less political and more just addressing class issues right yeah and especially and like doing very, the same like, thing Omaha there's a specific. lot of, there's a lot of parallel between lonesome crowded west and that first Desa Parashita's record a lot about like urban sprawl or suburban uh, sprawl okay. and yeah, um, yeah. The, the, there's some real cringe shit on the second record. Like the song "Anonymous" is awful. Oh yeah. Uh, "Left Is Right" is not that great. Uh, "Slack like is song. not that great. But uh, "City yeah. on the Hill" is like an all timer. That's yeah. such a good song. Uh, same with like "Back Cell." Uh, I think "Maricopa" is pretty good. But that first record and the EP are incredible like with what's new for fall you know sure amazing song but like the first ep had mall of america on it was that on the first album too yeah it was hmm. uh, there was there was a song that wasn't that was really really I good i think what's new for fall was the one that wasn't on it okay uh and hole in one yeah. were the the two like bonus tracks i think or no hole in one was on the original but uh but yeah like man and wife the latter damaged goods is like unreal mm-hmm so good mall of america happiest place on earth like yeah. so fucking good he there's like a um, they're moving dirt to make a greater omaha is such a good line there's like a sneer that he does that doesn't make sense anywhere else other than oh, yeah. Desperate it's, it's a it's really fucking good punk here's a, here's the crazy thing so have do you I feel like what what did I watch that was about Brad Eiser about something where they talked about how when he oh maybe it was uh maybe in the bathroom no at some point they start talking about how or so, whatever it was starts talking mm-hmm. about how uh, Connor Ober started playing the song when the president talks to God um all the time I think you I think that was in the book. Was it in the book? I think you mentioned yeah, yeah. it when we talked about that on on our last at the I think, episode. I think you talked about him then talking about that in the book, but it wasn't in the doc. Yeah, I think he. Um, yeah, I, I I think that he's really good at crafting a song when it's necessary. Although yeah. that song's, I don't know, it didn't age. Lovely, yeah, but yeah, I got the I, I got the photograph. Uh, Tespercitos when they played at they played Asbury Lanes with Joyce Manor. Great show. Uh so it was very close to Connor. He was wearing a woman's a woman's pea coat and oh, he had like yeah. an American flag bandana tied around his knee. Ooh, yeah. Really, really I remember good that. sartorial choices. I did I did a bandana around my knee once to see if I could pull it off. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, but it, so it was also, I it. think, the night that like then made the news because hmm. he talked shit about Jimmy Eat World because Maricopa had come out and Jimmy Eat World made some statement saying like that Maricopa doesn't define all of Arizona. Remember the Maricopa prison and that guy yeah. who was the and the they're like, oh, this is uh, bullshit. It doesn't like define Arizona as a whole. Like it paints it in a bad light. And then Connor Roberts was like, yeah, fucking Jimmy Eat World were a bunch of pussies. Like, we played down the block with them uh, at the Asbury Convention Hall, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> and Or 15 years ago. And uh, they're a bunch of pussies. 
<laughs> it was mm. very funny. Interesting. But uh but yeah. If if ever if you haven't heard Read Music Speak Spanish, the first Desperate Pursuits record, it's Yeah. It's, it's ahead really of its time, I think so. First like it's really good. I do like the way it sounds. It's recorded it's really very, inter- like really it's a well. It's very aggressively weird record. It's very aggressive. Uh but it's like, God damn it, why is he so good at everything? Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, from there, uh Mayday, I don't remember anything they talked about Mayday. Is that uh, even on um They're Mayday telling me it's even... featured in the Wikipedia. Uh it must have been ninety seconds. Same with now it's yeah. overhead. I think they rolled that kind of into the Azure Ray feature. Uh, they do talk about Rilo Kylie a little bit. Again, not in a way that was very much to absorb. Oh yeah. Um have you you've never listened to uh to Mayday? No. I'm gonna send you a song. I want you to listen to the song Captain by Mayday. Like right now or, or no, no, you don't at have to listen to it right now. There's a really okay. great part where Ted Steven croons have you ever wanted to die it's so good as like a as like a 19 year old driving around doing donuts and yeah. on sod farms in hamilton new jersey it really spoke to me uh, i that, think that, we that, used that. to go back to back that record and um uh, of Montreal an oh, awful wow. lot. Wow. Yeah, that's that's like me driving in my like Dodge Neon listening to uh like early November Baby Blue and being like, mm. I don't yeah. want to to love you anymore. Even butchered the lyrics. That's Did I? that's awful. Yeah. Come on, but, man, that's okay. What's the what's the proper lyric? I don't want you to love me anymore all right that's not how it sounded in my car with the with the rockford <laughs> fosgate subwoofers <laughs> yeah, maybe you just had a clarity that you didn't know yeah, maybe. um okay so you're talking about now it's overhead i don't even want to mention it because now i just feel bad um did they talk about sun ambulance i feel like they just really i feel like they talked a little like i feel like they talked about more about sun ambulance than rilo kiley technically which is There's funny to weird... see how like big jenny lewis got later you know well and i also think that that was probably around the time when they when they made this it was it was probably around the time where they were trying to push that sun ambulance uh bright eyes split mm-hmm. <laughs> it was probably strategic but yeah yeah, because this play... apparently was recorded in December two thousand three, January two thousand four. Yeah, there's only there's only one uh, Sun Ambulance song worth going back to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's Brown Park. Uh, who is in Sun song... Ambulance again? That that guy. Yeah, who who was it? <laughs> I have no idea. That guy. Uh, because I think I only know it from being a split with with Connor. Uh, Joe yeah. Knapp. Sure. We call him Nappy Baby. Who apparently um, had he recorded? Oh, he was record. He was he was on Fevers and Mirrors. Apparently, I believe it. Okay, sure. And he was on a yeah. He was on the Oh Holy Fools split. Oh Holy Fools split. Yeah. Who was the split? The one jug of wine, two vessels, or was that just a a bright eyes EP? Uh, um they do talk about Rilo Kylie, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um 
I would say... That's a collaboration split EP with Bright Eyes and Neva DeNova. Oh, Neva DeNova. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think at the time, there wasn't a lot. I mean, uh, Rilo Kiley had that one record out, right? They didn't even do the other one yet. I think so, yeah. Um... Uh, what's their discography? Yeah, they well, no, they would have had takeoffs yeah, and landings of all and things. Yeah. execution of all things. But was yeah. but takeoffs and landings was on Bur- uh, Barsook, right? So it was yeah. just that one record. Yeah, only execution of all things was on was on Saddle Creek. Interesting. And then more adventure came out on Brute Butte, which is their own label. So they were they were in and out at Saddle Creek. Hmm. One record, one and done over there. Before they they made their own record label. Huh. Smart. Pretty smart. Uh, And then Sorry About Dresden is the last band they talk about on here. Yeah. Um, Any any thoughts about that? (laughs) Except honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember any of what I don't know that I've ever listened to that record. I can say I, a good thing is that their album mm-hmm. art was always really good. Okay, I like the name of the band. I just never listened to it. Yeah, the uh... so yeah, I gotta say I remember I lamenting that Beep Beep wasn't included. Yeah, uh, and we all we all it. know and love Beep Beep. Let's let's go listen to their uh, their hit song. Their hit song. I am the secretary. <laughs> Actually, no, misuses their bodies. This is probably the hit. It's so it's so sassy. Very hot hot heat esque. Would you call this beep rock? This might be the definition of beep rock. Sure. Oh, it's so sassy. It's like sounds like hot hot heat. It sounds exactly like hot hot heat. Did they predate Hot Hot Heat is the question. That came out in 2004. Mm. When did the big Hot Hot Heat record come out? With bandages. Bandages, bandages. Make up the break. Oh, 2002. Yeah, so they were definitely definitely uh, riding Inspired? those coattails. Wow. But Hot Hot Heat were like indie darlings, like way before sure. they were big, big timers. What uh, a weird band. What a weird time. That bandages song, super good. Yeah. Uh, weird video. Very. Uh, it was their takeoff of like Brazil, the movie. Hmm. Um. But yeah. Uh, what other notes do I have here? Oh, they they celebrated. I think uh, Connor's record going wood. Hundred thousand copies sold. Yeah, which is funny because that's not like a real definition or of wait, anything. Fifty thousand copies sold. It was, it was something that was I like was not very many. I think it was hundred thousand. I think it was for fevers or mirrors or lifted. And they also, I think it was one of the curse of records. And they're like, oh, it's hard to believe that we've had three records go wood in our catalog or something crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other. Yeah, the slowdown interview drew weird. I put beep beep erasure. Oh, the reason, yeah, beep beep criteria and two gallants. Right. Don't make an appearance because they had just joined the cast. Or join the band, uh, the label rather, like in the time they recorded this DVD and the time it came out. Um, and 
I think they actually mention it in the little like post epilogue that they're like they've signed three new bands since mm-hmm. this has come out or since recording. Uh, and I think those were the three bands. Interesting. Which I don't think made a very big dent in their catalog at all. Um, the only other Saddle Creek band I care about besides Charlie Bliss is oh no, Charlie Bliss is Barsook. The Bar-Souk, only yeah. other, the only other uh, Saddle Creek band I care about is. Um, Fuck, I lost it. <laughs> oh, hop along. Oh, of course. Uh AJ Mogus know. was in was in Criteria. Yeah. AJ's uh, weird. And then who was in Two Gallants? Oh, they have a long they put out a lot of records. Wow, holy shit. Uh I don't know who was there's no list of who was in the band though. <laughs> uh Adam Stevens and Tyson Vogel. I got no no fucking clue. None. But uh yeah, who's yeah, who's on the current Saddle Creek roster? Any friends the pod? Uh I mean hop along, yeah. Oh, Big Thief is on there. I'm never a big big thief fan. Um I've been listening to it lately just because it keeps coming on my Spotify. Interesting. Uh um, I, I, I have I talked to you about Spotify DJ yet? No. I'm a big fan. What is Spotify DJ? Um, if you go in your Spotify, there's just a button that says DJ on it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like an AI DJ. I mean, it's just like pre-recorded phrases, sort of. Mm-hmm. But it like groups music together and just plays. And then like we'll say, we'll pop it and be like, you listened to this band a lot in 2016. You haven't <laughs> gone back to it. Here's some songs by blank. Where is it on the is it on the the phone or is it just on the or is it on the web like the standard computer? I only program? I've only ever used it on the phone. I'm curious if I put in DJ. I don't think that's an option. I would I would play whatever would my Spotify DJ would be at the time, but it's you not. can see it's like a little circle. Uh huh. I don't think that's on the on the computer app mm. I have right now. It's it's corny, but it's. It's real fun. Yeah, normally I can like, I'm like, find what, it. What do I... I like that you're going to tell me about? Hmm? DJ. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. It's it's not giving me that option. Hmm. Well, final uh, thoughts on uh, spending an evening with running you know, to the ground? <laughs> uh i don't think i have any more notes uh other than todd fink took his wife's name um i think i don't know it was interesting like i said i like all the connor shit it's cool to see just like what the fuck he's been doing and the fact he's only like 40 years old and he's still cranking out good shit like did yeah. you get into like his stuff when he like took the hiatus from bright eyes mm-hmm Oh, I did, um, what was that one where I did listen to a, a solo record a Upside lot. Down Mountain? No. I didn't like his, like, weird, like, Monsters of Folk I could give a no, fuck about. No, I, I didn't get into it. There and was then one... he had his, like, Majestic River Band. Yeah, whatever. no, there was, um, what's the record that starts off with, uh, Pachycardia? Yeah, I don't know. Um... Oh my god, he has so many records. He has so much output. Ruminations, 2016. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a great that, record. That's an interesting record. Terrible album art. 
terrible. It looks like a fake Bruce Springsteen record. It really does. But uh, uh, Better Oblivion's uh, amazing. Sure. Yeah, Upside Down Mountain was, was okay. It's just I really... Like, Zigzagging Towards the Light is a good song. But never really got too far into it. Uh, and then, did you, like, fuck with the most recent Bright Eyes record? No. Uh, what's it called? Down in the Weeds? Is that it? Yeah. Where the World Once Was. Uh, it, it was okay. I think I listened to it through a couple times, and it never really caught me. Yeah. But I think the real thing we should all learn here is just how fucking good letting off the happiness is. Sure. And everyone should revisit Fevers and Mirrors, because it's, it's just a weird, uncomfortable, like, genius record. I think it's a great snapshot of a whole lot of music that was really, really important to me. Mm. All at like one time in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm. I feel very lucky that there's so many styles of music that are not mainstream music that like people have been passionate enough about to like make a documentary or like make content that's not just sound. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I I wish there were more. Um, I could name, you know, a hundred bands that I would love to sit there and watch like this kind of approach to a documentary about oh yeah, um bands or scenes or you know Like um, I said, we've talked about like the, the level plane era grindcore scene, you know. Yeah, like- I don't here's here's the thing. I think that it's only a matter of time before somebody does a like a good documentary about uh, like the early November, like that, like mm. oh, like the, the drive-through record and, scene of the early thousands. Yeah. Well, no, not just drive-through, but like you know that era of music, mm-hmm. you know, as a whole. Um, what records were that was like? Um, man, I, my brain just isn't working. Um, stay what you are era saves the day. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think there was a lot of really interesting stuff going around you know what, 2004, 2005. And yeah. I think that, like, I mean, you give anything a convincing enough documentary treatment, and, like, <laughs> it'll be fine. You yeah. know, I, I think, can't I think, think of... We need, like, a 30 for 30 of punk music. Yeah, I mean, I just want more. You know, I was... Not to keep talking about it, but those Pitchfork classic albums, you know, I think there's, what, like, four of them? The mm-hmm. Soft Bullet and If You're Feeling Sinister... Lonesome Crowded West, and then Suvlaki. And I think mm. those are the only four that they've made that are like sort of long form. I think they're about an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah. like, I, you know, I, I have been watching the Bell and Sebastian one a lot mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't, I don't think that you get to hear musicians talk about an era of their life so casually okay you know what i mean like interviews are fine but when you're able to get 20 like how how much would how much screen time would you say connor oberst got in this 20 minutes 25 minutes more than more than everybody else for sure the whole thing if the whole thing's an hour and a half it's probably in tears uh, Connor, got, like a, then a good... Tim, then 
Rob and yeah, I, I mean, I would say know, Mike. maybe even more than that, but yeah, he he got a lot of a lot of screen time. But At least I think stuff like, that was involved with him, you know, you know, it's it was it's great to sit there and and watch you know the document or the the thing about Lonesome Crowded West and hear Isaac Brock talk about like cat you know being in a band and you know long form discussions about early modest mouse and and i wish there was more i mean there's just not money to produce that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i would i there's a dream i have for this podcast it's in which we do sort of documentary style episodes okay like scripted edited you know probably (laughs) not probably not us hire some fucking idiot on fiverr to do it but yeah yeah um, you know, I, I, because I think that like that, that doesn't exist. And I, and I, and I want that, you know, yeah. and I'm sure other people do too. The, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy that like, I mean, did you see the, the jawbreaker documentary? Yeah, that was really good. Poor shit. Oh, you think? Really? Yeah. I hated it. Uh, here's the problem. That one guy, the goofball and jawbreaker. Which one? <laughs> uh, the bass player, the goofball. Not, um, not Adam. That guy ruins the whole thing for me. And I feel like, you know, Blake is kind of like apprehensive about the whole thing. Um, yeah. And it just doesn't make for like great, like appreciation of something that I care a lot about. It was very interesting. The timing that that came out along with the timing of them getting back together. Cause the whole documentary is about how they'll never get back together. Right. <laughs> and um, like, this is the first, this is the first, uh, band practice just for fun right. everyone's in the same room again and yeah blake is like not stoked about it at all right um i'm trying to think of like other examples of of things that have been really well the jawbreaker doc would be a good one to watch the what the jawbreaker doc to talk about yeah um my favorite is probably the i am trying to break your heart wilco, wilco documentary one? yeah i don't think i've watched that one it's real good, probably just because I that's the era of Wilco I care the most about and that mm-hmm. I like identify with as being important enough. Um but you know, I would watch anything. I there's apparently um what's his name? Singer Kin Dynamite mm-hmm. did a short film about um the Stalag. Oh. In Philly. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that. I that's I've, cool. I never think to look at it when I'm in front of a computer, so I'm, it might be easy to find. It might not be. Who knows? We should, uh, yeah, we should do a documentary. I, I should make you watch, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the chariot. That's a fun one. That was a, a a weird DVD that the chariot put out before they even put out a full length, and it's just like footage of them playing football in in like the parking lot of Cornerstone. I love that. I want, you know what I'll never get? I'll never get a, uh, a serious documentary about the promise ring. Mm, you know, cool. I think if you, if you made a, uh, if you made a well-produced and I'm not even talking like, I, I'm sure this didn't cost more than $50,000 to produce. Oh, probably not. Um, I think if you most of this is just collected footage, right? I think if you if you took that approach and talking about the promise ring, the Get Up Kids, and um, Jimmy World or something, yeah, Texas the reason, sure. Um, 
But Jimmy World, if you did, if somebody did a documentary, you know, about that, I think that would be popular. Maybe, I don't know. Or maybe I just think it's it would be more important than it really is. Who have knows you seen, how many people would actually care about Have you about seen that? the Blood Brothers documentary? Have not. Ooh, it's like, it, again, it's like weird when everyone's doing like weird DVDs. Because it's like before... Uh, Piano Island, or uh, yeah, Piano Island came out, mm. which is crazy. I found my copy of Crimes the other day. Ooh, it's such a good record. Love that record. None for me. Really? Yeah, I, I think I this love, this I adultery, love... this adultery is probably the only record that I can make it all the way through now. Do you mean adultery is ripe? This, yeah. What am I trying to say? This, yeah. Uh, I mean, is it? I, it I it's love... not. It's not this adultery is ripe. I don't think so. I love the Blood Brothers though. I really and all, be right. I they really don't I don't think they right. put out a bad record. Oh, it is, you're right. This adultery is ripe. We're all yeah. we're both correct. Um All right, wrapping it up. This was really fun. <laughs> this um, was fun. I I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'll be writing this DVD off my taxes in the next year. Good. Um yeah. Uh, well, if did this the is, people who did the people who made it do anything else? I, that's something else I didn't look. Into. I did not check that. I can check that now. Uh, let's see here. Is there an IMDb for it? That'd be fun. There is. Two thousand five. What did Jason Coble do? Uh, oh, he did. Uh. He appeared on KETV of Omaha News at 10 p.m. Mm. That's his only other credit. Uh, what did uh, Rob Walters do? Uh, he only did this. Wow. I guess they really did need that money to, to copyright strike this off YouTube. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think this is a lot of fun. If it is not a Patreon-only episode, do you have any plugs, Andrew? Um... I did, but I think I've since forgotten. Okay. Well, uh, if this isn't a Patreon episode and you liked what we do, uh, please go to patreon.com slash run into the ground and support us. And you'll find, uh, I think probably at this point now, six or seven other episodes so far that will be unlocked for free as well as uh, when this comes out, our May mixtape will be available as well. We do a custom mixtape curated for you every month of what me and Andrew are listening to. Is that the one I just did? That's the one you just did? I did a little bit of a theme. Okay. What was your theme? We've had a few uh, themes. We had a, our bonus 420 episode uh, playlist well, as well. It really doesn't matter because we we both didn't do a theme. It really doesn't make a difference. Okay. Because we've done... Um, that's the thing. We haven't done like what we've been listening to lately because March, I think, was our covers yeah. theme. And then we did our 421 in April. Oh, no, we did a regular April one as well. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I've just been listening to a lot of heavy shit lately. Mm. Um, but that's on there. It's an interesting you mix, as, your, as always. You and your angry music. I love angry music. Uh, but yeah, patreon.com slash run to the ground. Uh, you'll find a bunch of cool shit there. We're going to try and do more of this. If stuff doesn't get stricken off of YouTube, we'll, we'll post it up there as well. Uh, personally, I have some news. I mean, No Invite Volume 10, by the time this comes out, will be available in shipping so please go to dambassini.com 
and check out the store. Knowing by Volume 10 will be out. Uh, as well as I just locked in my release party. So oh, uh, nice. June, June 1st. June uh, 1st. June 1st. It's a Thursday night. Morrison Hotel Gallery at 116 Prince Street in Soho, New York. Uh, from 6 to 8. It's going to be fun. There'll be free beer. Probably some seltzer. Uh, I'll be showing some art. I'll be selling some books. Come hang out. It'll be fun. Excellent. Uh, yeah, Dan Bassini on Twitter and Instagram. Run into the ground on Instagram. Run in number to the ground on Twitter. Andrew, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on um, My Spark Called Life on Instagram and Andrew Every Day on Twitter. Although, more and more, I'm thinking about just leaving that name behind and just yeah? t- really taking the helm of the. Uh, <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Twitter. Um, it's so annoying to sign to like switch profiles back and forth. Yeah, I have like four Twitter profiles. <laughs> oh, you were making fake ones for a while, weren't you? Uh, yeah, just like fake customer service ones. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, well, hey Dan, it was good to see you again. This was good. Um, also, we I, haven't we haven't thrown this out there in a while, but please rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. That's really stupid, but helps us out. If you dig it, leave a good review. I want you to know that um, 20 people have listened to the Jason Stewart episode since we started this. That's amazing. Episode. What a um, crazy, crazy episode. Uh, not even our biggest guest, which is amazing. I think it just it comes down to people sharing our episodes, which we've lamented in the past how we've had some guests that, that didn't do that. I so. can't think of a single time we've ever talked the, about the that. The power of marketing. Dan, it was good to see you. Um, you know, felt good to have you back in the saddle again. Back in the saddle. You were, you were missed on that Jason episode. I gotta say, it's it's a lot of fucking hard work to do this by myself. <laughs> so, Anything uh, I can do to make your life easier, apart from any actual work, you let me know. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody else, until next time. Bye-bye.